Hey, everybody. Welcome to Improv FAQ at Length. This is a series of longer conversations about improv topics that have lots of questions surrounding them. I'm James Quesada. And I'm Bob Wick. Yeah. That's the intro people are used to. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 why? (laughs) Did you do something different last week? Oh, we just started. I I realized I didn't have the theme song or anything. It was like, let's up, let's go. Hey, we got a special guest, Gary. (laughs) Let's talk. Uh, Um, Well, okay. So, so the, the topic of conversation for this episode uh, is going to be about overthinking versus underthinking. Might even be a little bit about being like underprepared versus overprepared. Um, and it, before we start talking, <laughs> I just got to say, cause I keep looking at it. What? I don't think you're supposed to put hazelnut milk in coffee. <laughs> I usually Why? don't put any kind of milk in my coffee, but Is it separating. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like curdled. <laughs> oh no. It's not real milk. <laughs> I don't think that's the worst thing in the world, but I wouldn't yeah. want to drink too much of it so hey well halfway through this episode when i just have to host my one man show yeah, <laughs> we'll be fine out the window yeah um okay so here's here's where um this topic uh came to mind for me because i'm i'm working on this halloween album uh which shameless plug is uh gonna come out tomorrow on Bandcamp and youtube and then whenever it's ready on um, uh, Apple Music and Spotify. Um, But, uh, you know, I was trying to think of like what what I learned from it different from previous audio projects and and whatnot. And um, just where I'm at on on the finishing stretch here, um, the thing that I've been thinking about a lot is like, is like, okay, are there, is there anything that I'm underthinking that I could be punching up or doing better um, for like the polish and presentation of it. As, as, as far as sound or writing or content, it's pretty much as far as everything it's, it's, it's like, okay. it's like all of those things. You're like, okay, what is, what is the medium, whatever it is. And, 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 and so it applies yeah. to other shows and of any Oh, yeah. that I've done in the past but like yeah you can just kind of think of like okay well what what's what is at my disposal what am i able to do and sometimes that's a good thing to be like okay you know there, there are a couple tracks on this um where i'm like i'm glad that i stopped to be like can i rework this or yeah <clears throat> there's one that uh julia julia and i uh, uh wrote together where we oh. were working on it. Yeah, we were working yeah. on it for um a couple weeks and it was like the last one to be written and uh it's a satire. It's a uh about masks. Um and uh we spent all this time writing it and writing it and writing it and then eventually we just kind of like scrapped it and um wrote something completely different <laughs> on the same root idea. Okay. But it's like I'm glad we had to go through this is part of this. It's like we had to go through all this thinking and thinking and thinking and refining on the, on the version that we were working on before we were, we were just finally like, fuck it and did something that kind of just came out of a conversation and was written very easily. Um, yeah. 
in in a more I guess straightforward like like sketch as opposed to this like narrative story thing. So right. I don't know. No, it reminds me because uh, I think that's something artists do a lot, uh, especially like in written shows. Oh, what is that saying? Uh, you're not done writing until the show goes up, type concept because oh, yeah. everybody's always fine tuning and and I've had situations like uh, when me and Jenny Social were writing uh, Assembly Required. We had that because we had a concept and we had a bunch of bits and everything, and we had one narrative that we were really focusing on, and we had an opening day, opening day, an opening night, uh, and we were getting closer and closer to it, and the thing just wasn't getting written. And you know, she's a great writer, so if we were both getting stuck, I knew something was wrong, or we knew something was wrong. And then Matt Nas, who was the director, sat us down and like, hey, just let's just you know, let's just, just blot it out. You know, let's just do go through it with a fine comb and, and see what works. And then we changed it. Not too much, but enough where it became, for some reason, easier to write. So it was kind of the same thing. Like, we were so focused on this one little bit that we couldn't see, you know, the, the forest for the trees, if you will. And I think, I think that happens a lot. And I think it gets misdiagnosed as writer's block when it's just like, you know, this concept or for whatever reason just isn't working time to pick a new route. Yeah. And I think that's actually like the, the main, uh, I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> yeah, it's definitely the main I'm going to sneeze. And I say that to everybody. If you're stuck on the main sneeze, you got to go to the second sneeze or the third. And then, and then you got, you got a full cold. What if I did just do that for demonstration purposes? <laughs> It's like, this is the only way I know how to initiate this point. If um, it actually made sense, that would be brilliant. <laughs> but um, so that so the, the idea of like confusing being stuck on something that you need to scrap or just move on right. from um, it, as as writer's block is one of like the main, I think, uh, uh, the crux of this uh, question or whatever is like you can, because I, I think this, the question of like uh, underthinking versus overthinking things um, can either lead you to be trapped in a cycle of like perfectionism, or yeah. it can lead you to the other extreme where it's like, I don't want to be perfectionist or overthink things. So I'm just going to like first idea, best idea. And like trust that like what came out first, had merit and kind of use the improvisers approach or sketch sketch approach and just be like, um, right. throw it out there. And, and it's, and it's uh, cool that it's unrefined, which sometimes it is sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. sometimes stuff just comes out and it's like, you don't like, we don't, we, we, we more often love things for their imperfections than we do for their perfections. We don't obsess yeah. over like it's it, well, we do when it's really, truly flawless. Um, and that's what, what, what you really love about something, then right. that, that might be what you fixate on as a audience, but more often than not, because so few things are that pristine, we fall in love with the rough edges and yeah. the, uh, quirks that make it unique and, and, um, short of perfect. Well, cause to get there, I think we applaud the attempt for perfection. 
You know, even if it is flawed, that's cool because that's specific to you, but you are giving it your all. So we applaud anybody who, who comes into something full steam and just, just, you know, pushes it through whatever obstacles and attempts to do whatever tasks they're trying to do. And if they stick to landing, that's amazing. But we also just appreciate the struggle to get there. Uh, and that's why we, you know, I, I know I've said this a couple of times, part of improv is the content. People enjoy a good laugh, the funny stuff. I think the thing that we focus on too hard. And then also people love the process, uh, especially people who know what improv is. I, I know you and I have sat on the wall a couple of times watching a student show and you see someone paint themselves into a corner. And that's to me is the moment it gets interesting because how are they going to get out? And it's sometimes it's something really simple and it's, it's funny because like, Oh yeah. Like, wow, that's, I would not have thought of that because I overthink things or sometimes they, they just decide to fail as hard as possible but keep the story going. And I appreciate too, because that takes a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of courage to just like, I, I know this is bad, but I know what this scene has, where the scene has to go. And God damn it. We're going to get there. Let's just, we, I, we, I recognize the flaw, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. The, let's appreciate the moment as well. Just and doing what I you got to do. Yeah. Seeing how people react under that kind of pressure or like, um, uh, Impetus, impetus i don't know what the right word is but, yeah. but like like uh you you are forced to but you have no other it's like a fight or flight kind of thing in improv where it's like well yeah like you said i'm, I'm against the wall or, or back into a corner <clears throat> painting myself into a corner and now it's like uh yeah. and that is really fun because you get to see i think in in the world of improv people's like uh i guess um instincts take over instincts yes yeah and I think so. So, and applying that to like uh, writing and, and um, creative process um, for for produced content, it's like we. I think sometimes we try to manufacture that feeling by doing things like procrastinating, or um, that's why it's why it's why we do things like the twenty four hour sketch marathon or, or the uh, twenty four hour sketch show during the snow day marathon right. because. I, and and <clears throat> to me, some of some of the like most fun sketches, it, it's it can be an example of like we did that in 24 hours with no time at all because we had to. And Barely our, any rehearsal, no props, or you know, at the beginning and, and then, or you know, yeah. And then sometimes I'm like, well, why why does it take two months for another <laughs> sketch show to happen when it was it's not that much better? It's it has more dressing to it. But I, I don't know if the ones that, that we take six weeks, eight weeks to mm -hmm. uh, produce are, are really that much better in the final product compared True. to one day versus eight weeks, you know? Yeah, uh, but I think the, the audience's expectations are different. When you say like, totally. hey, this is our first rehearsal. You're, you're, you're coming to watch that compared to, hey, we had three months to write this. This is a, you know, a polish show, something that you might have see it at another theater that that doesn't do improv and it's all written uh yeah, I, yeah. well it's a, it's also like <clears throat> excuse me I, I don't know what's going on with my cough today but um or having to clear my throat oh it's that time of the season man everybody's waking up stuffed up <laughs> yeah it also yeah. might be the curdled hazelnut 
milk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't want to remind you and put that in your head. So. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, I, I, it's also about where you put your your time and attention, right? Where like what can Absolutely. what can you fix me down? What's what really gives you the biggest return on investment? To me, um, something I love about working with the audio stuff is that like uh, there's kind of automatically two stages of writing, um, because a, a lot of rewrites for me working on audio sketches happen in the recording because you actually have time to like do a bunch of different versions it's and I, this is true of like film and other mediums too but but like right. with, with the with the audio stuff it's like i can write a sketch and be like okay that's good enough and i don't want to spend my time in pre-production just writing and refining and punching up absolutely i would rather go then be like okay let me start recording it and see how it sounds when i'm playing around with it and character or, or delivery and with the other people or whatever um and then you do a bunch of versions you're, you're like let me do three yeah. takes on this and then some improv and and you're like oh okay i change this or uh see this in a different context or whatever then when you go to the edit you're also like well i have these options and i can kind of like rearrange in these different options so so like i would rather spend t i would rather just get the script done and then move to the performance what 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 like for a sketch uh on stage show would be like get it on its yep. feet i would rather play around yeah. with like it on its feet and and ways that we can um dress up like the blocking and the acting and the performance of it than yeah. than the writing absolutely because how many times james let me, let me ask you this how many times have you written a, a sketch that you, th you thought was finally polished like oh man this is i don't really need to touch this this is good the way it is and then when you put it up like Oh, there is some work because oh, the actor isn't saying the words the way I would deliver it, but they're saying they're which is totally fine because that's that's their style. You have to you have to appreciate that as a writer. Or uh, it doesn't look the same in my on stage as it did in my head. Or or maybe there's some kind of proper some kind of thing that was or wardrobe piece that's necessary to really sell the character or the bit or what or the situation. Um, yeah, that, that's like th those. These are constant variables that you have to adjust for. So, yeah, yeah, your your rehearsal is basically your editing booth. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and I and and I think that um, sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, when you when you write something or, or like you feel like you feel like it's 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 perfect, and then you you put it up and you're like like and and so I guess my question then is like, okay, what what is holding it back is it is it because you yep. didn't write it well enough or, or like is it you like do you think that there is something in the writing versus rehearsal versus the production value of it like are those things all equal or like if, if the sketch is flat it is one of those things always going to matter more like how well you produced it how well you performed it how well you wrote, wrote it I, I think so uh because you can write a perfect script and then if someone isn't selling it in their performance, it's going to be flat or you can write a really bad script, but someone can just be so charismatic and interesting that they do sell it. So it, it won't be flat, you know, and, uh, or, or there's that thing we do depending on a situation where we're comparing, we're always comparing yourself or the audience is always comparing what we put on stage to finally polished you know, other, you know, actual theater, you know, sh shows or plays or scenes 
and yep. we we kind of hold her up. We we sh- and we should hold her up to that standard. Uh, it's the same thing that happens with like uh, when we try to do sketch to YouTube. We can't do the same thing that SNL does. We don't have that budget. We don't have those cameras. We don't have that mic. We don't have the, the professionals. We, we we couldn't possibly produce the same kind of quality. Uh, even even if the writing is as good, or or even better, yeah, it's, right? it's hard to get the same kind of look and feel that you are used to because as an audience member, you don't know what goes into the production. So as a writer, it's kind of the same way. It's, you know, in in a in a way, kind of the same thing because your imagination is so impressive. You can, you can put up all these scenarios in your head, but sometimes it cannot translate into what you can put on stage. Or there's also those moments where an actor says something that inspires you because they have a new take on what you created. Your, your scene inspired them to do a new spin on it. And it's like, Oh, I like that better. So let's, let's put your peanut butter and my jelly together and make a nice sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you think is there is there like a like a priority order though for for I don't know. Do you do you think it's 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 always just kind of like case by case uh which part of it the the writing performance production is gonna um help or hinder things? Or or do you think like all all things being equal, right? One of those matter the most and I one of the performance to do. My, my gut tells me performance because you know uh, if you know I just think if you sell it you can you can if you're really good you can almost sell anything almost you know that's true I think so I think and I think about this with movies especially where I'm, where I'm like right. how much can great acting save a shitty script versus right. how much can a great script save shitty acting and i think acting can help a shitty script right more yeah. than, than a good script can help shitty acting because I, yeah. I guess it's like if you go if you go to um i don't know i i i guess high schools put on the same stuff that like broadway does you know um doing like lay Miz or whatever but but like yep it's like you know they're 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 young, they're young kids. They're not going to do the same. The 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 monumental writing is not going right. to. If yeah, if there was a comparison or if if it was even close, you wouldn't be allowed to get the rights to major plays in high school because we're like, <laughs> oh man, we got to lower our ticket. <laughs> yeah. is that Hamilton because that kid in eighth grade can rap. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so and then also, um, what about the production side? What between writing and production? Um, you know, which which one can can uh, can great aesthetics and um, style and and um, production value save right. writing more than the other way around? I, I think production would be last, and I'm gonna make okay just because there's been so many things that have really hit on like YouTube or TikTok or anything that doesn't have great production. But because the concept or, and maybe the performance was so interesting, it, it captured an audience. I mean, I, I, it w- I'm sure there's things that have been hurt by the lack of production. But I'd rather have a strong performer, a strong script, and then, you know, lukewarm production rather than great production on a, a crappy actor with a really poor script. You know? Yeah, I agree. 
I th- I think I think it's a it's a rare exception. I'm I'm thinking of like uh, maybe someone like um, you know I'm gonna say Wes Anderson or like Tim Burton, but, yeah. but the thing is those 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 they all, there's not an example of of those uh, their movies where the acting is especially shitty or anything. You know they they they, yeah. they have all-star casts and their regular crew most of the time doing great performances but i'm just trying to imagine like i think i would still find something like or maybe i I don't know there's there's like stuff that's like so bad it's good or whatever that has like really cool but it's a rare exception i i I, I think yeah you're right but that's entertaining for a different reason that's the, i wouldn't can put it that's not apples apples yeah we're not, we're not like <laughs> the that. room and, and, and sis and kane are both <laughs> but you're right I, th- I, th- I think the the stuff online the pro- people forgive the production value if if the content is there um right. the performance and and whatnot and, and and for like writing you know um something like like rent that doesn't have like like a ton a ton of um dressing to it i think i i've actually never seen a live performance of it but as far as i know it's not like dressed up the way that hamilton is tons of costuming or um set design uh but it's one of the more successful uh shows because it's amazing writing and had an amazing cast and and performance and whatnot and so people people will forgive that and suspend disbelief really um uh, to kind of get into your world if you're performing it and selling it and also if the writing matches you know a uh, a really good example a local example would be the stuff they do at the ringwald uh because there is a great theater who does i mean they do great production but because they're a local theater they don't have like i don't know the fox or you know like anything on broadway type money but the shows they put on are really well produced uh i rem- specifically i'm thinking of uh their production of into the woods I, I just really enjoyed it because they they kind of thought out of the box. They, uh, instead of using wigs, they 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 made their own props in, in in a way where it's like as if it was from a child's ma- imagination, you know, mm-hmm. or playing dress up rather than um, hey, let's buy a wig, you know. It, but the concept and how they sold it was so interesting and and a new take on it. Then, you know, they didn't have to spend all the money. You know, they but you still got the enjoyment. The, the it looked fantastic. They did a really incredible job. And, and and honestly, as far as you know, as Ringwald shows, I haven't seen a bad one. They, they always do these really cool things and uh, and use unique fixer uppers to uh, to you know to deal with any kind of issues they might run into because they can't afford you know expensive or elaborate set pieces. Right. So, so it's, it's not so much what they have, it's what they do with it. Right. Um, right. And that's part of the enjoyment. Like, holy shit, how are you going to, you know, how are you going to lay Miz without, you know, or uh, Miss Saigon without a helicopter, you know, (laughs) they figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so I guess that kind of comes back to like the, the main thread of the conversation, which is like, uh, they have to spend an amount of time being like okay well how are we going to get around this uh budget limitation or whatever it is like right. like um 
sometimes 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 it's it's a it's a limitation in budget sometimes it's a limitation in time it's it's yeah. it's like uh we can't do, we can't do what we would like to do by the right. time it needs to be done um so you start thinking of ways to uh work around it and um and yeah, yeah. sometimes it's like <sighs> well how do you how i guess made yeah. my question is like how do you kind of give yourself an outside eye or an overhead view, whatever, whatever it is to, to, to kind of step back and be like, okay, am I overthinking it or underthinking it? Like how, how do you develop a sense for whether you should give it a little bit more right. care and consideration before you figure out what your solution is or to be like, I'm overthinking it. I'm in the weeds. Yeah. How, how do you get your own gauge for that? Um, I, I try to think of, what is the best way to tell a story within the budget I have, you know, and what is the expectation of the audience? Because if they're familiar with the story that I'm trying to tell, then I, there's, I, I, I do have to focus more on presenting it in a way where that, that expectation is satisfied. So uh, if I'm doing something original and it's, it's a concept I really want to show, but there's just no way of doing it because it's out of budget or for some reason out of my grasp, then I might just have to put that on an improv sh shelf and use it for the future and another show or something. Uh, have you ever done that? Like, oh man, I really got this bit, but unfortunately we have to cut it. And then a couple of years later, you're doing a show like, oh, I got something for you. This I've been wanting to do this for years, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. So, <laughs> so that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, you can always set set stuff aside for later. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, for example, like uh, uh, again, going back to assembly required, we wanted to do some puppet bits. We just didn't have time in the script. We we because the whole thing was based. It, and I've, I've talked about this before. One of my things I just love when people take because I I was you know I grew up on seventies eighties television and a lot of kids television doesn't fly right now. You know, like if you ever watch like a, a, like the first season of Sesame Street, there's a warning before it because like it's not <laughs> suitable for kids. So I just love that whole concept. Uh, it's very wonder shows and of, you know, using kids things to but also trying to entertain adults. You know, the whole Muppet concept, um, like an old Muppet show type type situations. Uh, so uh, yeah, it, not inappropriate, but you know, maybe inappropriate for kids, you know, uh, and I was just trying to do it and then it just ended up being, you know, of guess who's coming to puppet street, you know, the mm -hmm. puppet show I wrote with Jeff because I had all these bits I wanted to do and nowhere to put them. So I just wrote a show so I could do that, you know? <laughs> oh, wait, so wait, so I, I, I'm sorry it, that what eventually became, uh, guess, guess I'm sorry. It was guess who's coming to puppet street. Yes. And that initially started as a nugget in assembly required a kernel, like just like having that kind of, you know, some of the characters or some of the characters point of views. And then how would I, you know, and then yeah. I came up with the overall narrative Then I talked to Jeff about it and then it, it grew to something bigger, but that I've been trying to do puppet stuff for a while. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's a very cool story. I don't think I knew that. Um, yeah, because uh, Jeff and Nuvere both had puppets in some, or, uh, some required, and we didn't really get to use them that much. So, 
compared to what we had written for them. I kind of felt bad because by the time we put it up, they didn't have much to say because <laughs> we had to yeah. focus more on like Tom's character. And <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. so interesting. Wow. So what about this? Um, what about the other kind of like uh, underprepared versus over overprepared? Um, you know, for me, I always think of uh, auditions or when I was, Oh yeah. Younger in school, like, like, like book reports or presentations, you know, and oral, oral yeah. um, presentations where it's Speeches, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're like, if I don't think about it at all, I might be able to wing it and knock it out of the park. And if I think about it a little bit, I'll trip myself up and it'll feel stale and under rehearsed. But if I really, really refine and repair, it'll be amazing. But is it again? Is is it's like that that twenty four hour sketch show versus eight right. week sketch review where it's like, did you well, study for the it? test the night before, or are you studying for the test throughout the semester, a little bit at a time? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. For for me right now. Or, or I, not right now, uh, very, very often, but, but like, um, more recently it's been, it's been like, if I get any chance to audition, um, yeah. I can make a, a self tape video with a hundred takes. And it's like the one that I was closest on was like the first one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, and then it's like motherfucker. But dude. I would say. <laughs> if you only did that one and turned it in and didn't get the part, would you have been mad that you didn't do a hundred takes? Well, that's the thing is, is that like yeah. eventually you get to, you get to hundred takes and you're like, I'm not going to get it any better on the, on the amount of time that I have. Cause it's due like now or whatever. Right. They're always on short ass notice, but like, right. should you completely scrap what you're trying to do? You know, you have this concept in your in your mind of like, I want to deliver it like this, and like, like this is what I think the the moment is. And you try to do that over and over and over again, and, and there's these little blemishes that you're like, God damn, I just want to get it like flawless. No. And, mistake. and then like, at some point, you're either like, Am I going to go with this like ninety percent with you know blemishes on it, or should I just completely scrap yeah. what, what I'm trying to do and just get to a place where I can approach it completely fresh. Well, I, I think it really depends on how you, how inspired are you in that moment? You know, if, if you think you're going to get it, but you're maybe it's going to take five or 10 more tries, do it. If you just keep on making the same mistakes, take a walk and come back to it. If you can, you know, do something. Cause hey, I guess it really depends on your process. Cause I'm the type of guy I'd never get it for. I'm no one take wonder. I need th three takes just to, you know, read, uh, <laughs> and then, and then get the cadence and shoot by, by the 10th, maybe I have it. And then as soon as I got it, I got it. Then it's, it's locked. Um, so I, I th yeah, so me walking away from it would just, I just lose every, all the momentum I built up to that 10th take. So I, yeah, that's how it works for me. Yeah, it's tricky. Again, it's 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 about like having that outside eye. It, it's great. Yeah. That's why uh, working with a partner is always so great because you at least yeah. have someone else to to kind of like backboard off of and and question like, are we 
in the weeds and do we need to step back and and refresh or scrap and start over yeah but doing that for yourself is so hard building building an an eye for, yeah. or a mind for like your own it's like how do you know you're dreaming right it's, it's like <laughs> you're lost in it, you don't know you're lost in it <laughs> no no you, you can't it's hard and that's why like if you that's why if you're a writer, you need a good director or you need a good writing partner, someone who understands you, but challenges you too. Because if you have a yes person, a yes man, uh, they can really talk you out of, you know, getting to your goal because they want to be supportive and yeah, enabling it rather than supporting. So totally. Uh, yeah. But when you first mentioned this, this topic, the too much or too little. I I was applying to improv as far as like scenes or 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 um, a game in the scene. Okay. Uh, so I'm switching gears a little bit. Yeah, please. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but I think about how many times have you been in the scene and had some or it had a great idea and had all the the following. If this is true, what else is true? Concept. And you had all this. Oh man. Uh, just inspired so it, you want you have this big mound that you just want to throw into the scene and you have to slow down and take your time rather than hey man i got this character and this is what's unique about it and this is what else is unique about you well, i don't know like and then your what could be a good four minute scene is like 30 seconds because you gave it all in the first shot yeah man that's a uh yeah, that's that's a tricky spot to be in, and and I I do struggle with that where it's like um, rushing, seeing what's happening, yeah, getting exciting, excited about what you think is going on or what could happen in a scene, and then wanting to lean into it right away because you're like, oh shit, this is this is it, and and if I lean it yeah. this way, we're gonna have so much fun right this is the game i really want to play and i hope you guys want to play it too yeah and then you're and so you're like blah, 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 and you right. and you kind of like like rush to it um that's, yeah, a, that's it, a tricky thing because because i the for me it's a matter of 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 trust and patience and absolutely. um especially the more that like um I don't know. I, 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 I have always had my, my usual position in the first five years of doing improv was that I was like captaining and like internally directing a lot of the stuff that I was doing. Oh, we all been there. Yeah. I've, yeah. I'm, I'm so guilty of that. Uh, but I think about, um, I think it was, I can't remember if it was snow day. Was it snow day? You did, you and Julia did a set. And you were you were doing the one man mouse guy, the jazz singer in the in the wall. Yeah, yeah. And she was yeah, playing the piano for you. It was like a Captain Tennille type situation almost. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I haven't seen you guys play together in a while, but I I can tell she had a, a really strong concept that she and she was going to pip you into it. And <laughs> I anybody who plays with you know that you're you're so fun to pip into like weird characters because you just jump into it. That's that's part of the fun of playing with you, James. Uh, <laughs> but I loved how, like, I really enjoyed that scene because it was that thing. 
I knew she had ideas and she was discovering at the same time, but you also had ideas. So it, like there was this great back and forth of we like, as soon as she announced your name and you jumped into character, the scene was written. You guys knew, you know, there was a lot of discovery to be had, but you guys knew where you're going and we, we were just going to go for a ride. And I love when that happens. So I think there's a range where that is the perfect center where you have a concept and just, you know, as soon as you introduce it, everybody jumps on board because it's easy to cling on to compared to I have a concept and I'm not giving you enough information because maybe I don't have a full grasp of what this concept is. And I'm, I'm hoping we can meet halfway, but I'm not giving you enough information where you can jump on or this is my concept. I own it. You can play along, but don't screw it up because I'm going to be pissed if you if you if you don't read the script that I wrote in my head and jump on board. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So so again, and thanks for saying that. But I mean, uh, yeah, I remember that being a really fun uh scene. Fun. Um but man, uh the struggle for me, just 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 personally, and you and, and again, because we've been in that internal director uh captain position a lot, um, I'm sure you relate to this, but just speaking personally, like I um, struggled between like like developing as an improviser and um, having like concepts that I was trying to like like do with uh, a team or whatever. And on the one hand, you kind of want to be like like okay, I'm not on the outside directing this, and I think it's an idea that like I have. Um, that I want to give proof of con proof of concept to, um, so that it clicks. Like it, it reminds me of when we were talking with uh, Rachel Rosenthal, and she was talking about freeform, and she's like, um, when she teaches like transformative edits and organic play, that sometimes, um, she she just wishes that she could be like, if you could just see it, like it's so yeah, much um, to then be like, oh, and then run with the possibilities of of that first example. Sometimes uh, I I'm trying to do things that are like are like we could do something like this in this moment, and I it's it, maybe it sounds like arrogant or whatever to think that like like uh, let me open a, a door of new possibilities for you. But th the fact of the matter is that um, there are sometimes when that has been uh, ha has gotten results to be to be like like okay let me try and like force it this way or do this move or or style of thing and then after the fact people are like okay cool now i see what you're talking about and let's do yeah. more of it so there's there's that side where it's like okay sometimes that is helpful to be like to careen kind of steer things but right. other times when um i do especially julia a disservice because um i was her first teacher and I have coached her and I have directed her and she is now a better improviser than I am. Um, <laughs> and in a scene, sometimes I forget that, uh, how much subtlety and intention she has in the moves that, yeah. that she's making or that I don't need to fucking broadcast what I think is going on. And I, I'm better off trusting that, that she's smart enough to see what I'm seeing too, that right. like, oh, I think we're those two characters from, earlier in the show or whatever and i don't have to be like nudge nudge wink wink yeah you know what i mean and it's like th that's that's the, the kind of like trap that i get caught in is is like can i lead from the front 
with some things that might actually benefit and grow the people I'm working with along with myself um, versus like stop trying to always be in that position and instead follow the follower or, or let other people lead with their equally innovative and, and uh, yes, great ideas. It's something I, I, I struggle with all the time and it's a note I constantly give myself. Um, You only get to use this moment. Anything after that belongs to everybody else. So if you're introducing something and for some reason they don't cling on to it, that's fine. They, they're not mind readers. Re, uh, they're not mind readers. So just just roll with it, you know. And that's that's improv, you know. Yeah. Uh, compared to, hey, I am I am forcing you to do this, and you better play along, or you know, all that that stuff. Yeah. Even if you have a great idea. It's that's it. It's a great idea, but that's not real improv. And real improv is that moment to moment stuff. And yeah, it's rough. It's because you just want you, you can see it in your head. It, it's so frustrating. And that's part of the art, like learning to deal with that frustration and move forward because that's not the art. You know, not, the art isn't to write really fast on stage is to, you know, react in character in the moment and discover what's next. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, as with many things that we've talked about um, on this show is setting expectations. Um, Cause if you and I, you know, when me, you and Gary play and we're doing organic play and we're like, okay, yeah. that, that's a great license to kill on like, okay, that's what we're trying to do. So I know that we're all working toward the same goal and same style. Whereas like if I'm in a, mix and match show you know right then i don't have the right to be like oh i want to lean into this like transformative stuff yeah it just feels too high gravity to be like like let me let me rock the boat or just kind (laughs) of throw things off the rails you it's you're better off being like okay i'm i'm working knowing who you're working with and what you want to accomplish um and uh and then if you don't um airing on the side of of just like uh those completely moment by moment um do you, like do you agree that, do you think that, that that like that like is is there a difference if if you know that you are working with people toward a certain goal that there's a little bit more of like thinking ahead or kind of like mutually steering things in a direction based on your goals well i mean it really depends on is that the goal of the group? Is that, you know, is that something you talked about before or uh, are you doing a particular form where you're, you're trying to have a perfect bow at the end of your story or narrative? Um, I, and I don't, I don't know. I guess when you, after you worked, like you said, like with with you and Julia, you, or or with you, Gary and myself, uh, we can, I, I think it's not an unfair expectation for, to think a little bit ahead and like, Oh, this would be cool. Let's see if we go there rather than we have to go there. And to me, there's a difference, like, you know, because, you know, like again, specifically you, Gary and I, we can tell when someone's leading and, and we don't have, we don't have an issue with someone taking over the lead and taking it a new place. So I think that's kind of the fun of it too. Like, all right, you got a good, you got a solid intro. You set us up, you set up the environment what else can we do you know yeah almost uh yeah yeah. i i think 
well I, i'm thinking about in terms of like um uh narr narrative and Her and herald i think are, are right. a couple of examples where like for me in narrative i, I was uh with a team that was doing narrative and i'm not i <laughs> I was I was with this team for like a year and a half and discovered that like I'm not that great at narrative, uh, which I think we talked about before. But like, yeah. um, there's people on that team that were really great with uh, with it and have that like kind of writer's brain and can see story and plot and stuff. And I'm grateful when they're like they're like, oh, uh, it was this person the whole time, or like um, not, that right. thing we mentioned earlier. Like, let's make use of that. And um, of course, that's the mysterious person we've been talking about. Is that is yeah. that one name we said as a throwaway and i'm i'm grateful for those people for steering right. and i'm like because i i'm not gonna do it i'm not I, that's not that's not my role in this i'm yeah. more be like Im, impulsive and charactery and uh and i and i would hope that that the people who are more like plot driven are grateful for me giving a little bit of um uh spice and um electricity to, to things or whatever like Whereas like, so, so like, I, I don't know, I, I guess I'm, I'm thinking of it in terms of like, I, I like when somebody steers things <laughs> based on our goal, sure. when I know I'm not going to yeah. be the one to do it yeah. if, and, and without it, we're not going to accomplish what we set out to do. Well, that's the great thing about a team. Everybody, if everybody has their strong points and we play to them or, you know, as a challenge, you know, everybody plays to the weak points and see if we can learn from each other. I, I love that. Uh, and and I, I, th I, th I consider myself pretty strong narrative. So I love when you come out with a big character because, oh, that's easy to write for. You know, it's it's a big character. Let's let's do a fish out of water. Simple. Yeah. Or what's this character's hero journey? You know, oh, this character's high status. What can make him low status? What can what, what can we do to break this character? You know, the, what situation or can I create to have this character learn something if he's, you know, a jerk. Yeah. 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 You, you get to like kind of frame things Yeah, in a way that suits your strengths. It's like going to someone, like when you're a kid and you go to someone else's house and they don't have the same toys you do, but you want to play like, you know, I, I click transformers. Well, you're a He-Man guy. Well, how do you do this? You know, let, let's, yeah. let's set them up and play. We don't get the fuck out. <laughs> get the fuck out. We can't. We can't cross streams. It's gonna work. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess did you did you have other things in in the world of like because I was mostly thinking about this question in terms of uh, creative process, but I I do like right. you know applying it to uh, improv between like game of the scene and form. There definitely is like right. a lot of thinking ahead that can be done um and uh well what, well and we talked about having too much uh so let's talk about not having enough uh i see a lot in either beginning improv where people are just still getting used to you know going up there and and creating character or whatever uh and maybe people who've been doing it for a while i see this too where they get kind of lazadaisical like uh not giving all the information you know it, again I'm, I'm thinking narrative so you know just the simple things like naming each other or you know doing environment work you know uh anytime i see two people just standing three feet apart talking to each other about something that doesn't exist or you know whatever uh without really 
naming or being specific. I, I, I feel as if they're not bringing enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of think of like, um, whether it's narrative or, or anything else, a show mm-hmm. at its best has connections that tie the beginning to the end um, in surprising ways. And, and so I think that like, if you at the very least aren't spending time looking for opportunities or keeping your eye out for those types of connections by the end of the show, um, then you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, Absolutely. And yeah, like, like I said, with narrative, it's, it's like, that type of thing is is story and it's like oh well what if if we're like one the big reveal of like right. who the villain was like why would we invent a new character right now at the end of the show why Absolutely. would we reveal that it's someone we've already met or mentioned that's not always how my brain works yeah. but that's one way of doing it and then versus like Harold where it's where it's like connecting things thematically or or with these uh this sort of blend of elements that's where my brain works and like it's different for everybody but the but the 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 common thread is is connections it's reusing what you have and um i think the thing with music is is uh the analogy in music would be like noodling right if you're if you're a guitarist and you just like kind of you can play in key and things that sound nice but you're just kind of meandering all the time yeah um that's pleasant but it's better (laughs) if you can do if you can create melody you know yeah yeah and then like and then and then a a a key change in harmony and and it is a tricky balance between overthinking it and getting then like too too technical or or whatnot but but like just noodling around um is the equivalent of of uh i guess sort of like Okay. an open face montage yeah. versus a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to contradict myself a little bit and going back to production. Um, so if we were talking about people who are not bringing enough or leaving, you know, not bringing enough to the table. Uh, if, if you are doing a Herald and you always come in playing a character that's a lot like yourself with no interesting physicality, no interesting point of view or not, not no, but like, if every character you play is very similar, but maybe have a different name or anything, you're not really giving uh, the other performers an opportunity to attach that character in new and different ways because you're, you're doing something in a very specific or, or, you know, uh, having a a lack of range Uh, the same thing for, you know, again, environment or, you know, uh, emotion, um, energy, all that stuff. Basically, if you are giving the same stage picture over and over again every time you're in a scene or, pre- or as either as a group or as a performer, there's not enough story there or not enough production there for the the audience to make connections on their own. So then you're going to have to go to the writer in the brain to make those connections some other way. Um, so that makes it harder, you know. Yeah. So wait. So you. So you're saying as an improviser you know yeah. if you're if you're if you're doing i mean there's nothing wrong with playing yourself but if you're doing a herald types 
format or something that you know or just if you are the kind of montage group that do like to make connections and have like a really cool ending like uh it's it, it becomes harder it, the more that all the performers do for lack of a better term bland type performance by by not showing range and emotion energy character work environment work uh, stage picture if you're always standing in the same spot when you perform you know so doing like the, the landmarks and stuff like that uh, right i would consider that a lack of production and then also <laughs> attached to that be a, a lack of acting so right okay so 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 you're saying that like um again it goes back to the the um writing performance production thing where right. um the performance does matter most yes um the the production the equivalent in improv is like form and presentation right yeah your stage picture and, and your form yes um and then yeah the, the the writing is like okay what is the content that we're creating so so you do have to like um you have to balance them and different people I, I think the great thing about improv as an ensemble is that different people are bringing different things to the table in that but everybody should be capable of of um doing a little bit of the legwork in each of those areas absolutely rather than being sort of why do you get to, why do you get to be only one who's just like not a care in the world other than just doing yeah. whatever you want right <laughs> it's like that's that's if yeah. your strong arm is being the more spontaneous person or or the uh performative person great but um, you should also know how to pick up cues on where the story is going next or um, a callback. You know, you shouldn't be blind to connections, even Absolutely. if it's not your strong suit. And same thing with, with, with the production side of things is that like how, how you stage things, you don't want to be the only one not yeah. falling. Yeah, I guess whatever it is, but yeah. yeah, you should be able to do them all. I, I forgot who said this first. And I've always loved this um, this definition of long form is you're doing scenes that never been written and mm -hmm. you should act as if I think it might have been Quentin. Uh, but it, yeah, act as if, you know, you have to act as if the scene has always been already been written, but you're performing it as if you've rehearsed it. So, you know, your character, you know, the person, you know, you, you know, what kind of emotion is behind the lines. Um, you know, uh, you should be paying attention to what's being said so you can act, so it looks like it's written. You should yeah. be doing, you should act as if it's already been blocked. So move as, you know, move around rather than stand in the same spot with your hand in your pockets. Yeah. Well, look, yeah, th th that is great. Like do, do, a, do an unwritten scene as if it has been written, um, Correct. perform the, the, completely improvised show as if you've rehearsed it a thousand times absolutely i mean th that should be the goal like isn't that the best compliment you can ever get as an improviser like was that written well look i <laughs> it's it's one of the greatest but it goes it, it it opens up the can of worms again of like of the meta play versus like uh try, i think i think doing a show that that feels theatrical narrative um right. uh traditionally scripted theater feels that that way is an amazing thing. But I, I don't think, I think my short answer is that uh doesn't have to be that way um, okay. to be the, to be great. But uh, yeah, uh, but it, uh, okay. I'll give you that. Yes. Yes. It doesn't have to be that way. Like, yeah. you know, you can look like you don't know what the hell you're doing and it can still be a joy ride. <laughs> right. Right. 
But Village of Ninja Shorts didn't feel like a theatrical, unwritten show. <laughs> yeah. And it still was really interesting. Um, but they did have all those elements. They did have different characters, energy. You know, they didn't stand in the same spot the whole time. Totally. Uh, they, they, they did create, like, yeah. I think about that skiing scene. You knew where they were. You knew when they were on the lift. You knew when they were going down the mountain. You knew when they were in the cabin. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, we got we got to uh, wrap it up. We're coming to the end of our hour, and um. Uh. So, <laughs> I think we I think we covered a lot of really great areas of conversation. Yeah. Speaking and of range, <laughs> this, this is one of those topics that I certainly that I, that I think is a, an endless learning curve of finding that balance between, uh, you know, um, not overthinking and not underthinking things, whether on stage uh, improvising or in the creative process. But it's so so I guess what I'm saying is that, unfortunately, it's one that we have <laughs> not uh, not a lot of answers or solutions for, but no. a lot of uh, great questions and, and uh, talking points for so. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed going all over the place with it. Me too. Me too. Absolutely. Um, great. So it, before we sign off, um, reminder that you can find all of our most current and complete content on YouTube and Facebook. Um, I have been every other week publishing new lecture episodes on uh, Wednesdays every other week. Um, so if those are interesting to you, check those out. Um, we, how are we, how are we, uh, on the podcast front? Uh, we're almost all caught up. We were so, I, I release, I release a couple episodes uh, every other week. So there is a lot to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also, uh, we are going down to Sundays only for the time being. Um, yeah. our, we were doing our pre recorded episodes on releases on Friday. Uh, yeah. But for, for the time being, we're going to go down to Sundays. And then when we get back into the swing of things, uh, we will update that we are doing that again. Um, that album comes out tomorrow if anyone's interested. <laughs> if anybody's interested, come on. <laughs> Good sell. It's yeah. been kicking my ass, honestly. And I'm really proud of I'm, how it turned out. I'm excited it's to hear this because you've been talking about this for a while. So yeah. I want to see what my boy's working on. It's called Stories to be Murdered by. and. Um, it's a mix of narrated uh, comedy ghost stories and um, uh, songs. And you had me at comedy ghost stories. Uh, that's that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, and I've got a lot of uh, contributors on it that uh, like some 20 com- contributors that I was really, really wow. proud to work with. And um, uh, just um, super excited to release that tomorrow. Um, so, uh, look forward to that we'll catch you next week and um thanks for tuning in to improv faq at length bye bye